these little shits were chewing on my notes. I'm happy they didn't eat them. I'm like, huh, I didn't puncture that paper. Anyway, uh, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Today we're talking about Season 47, Episode 3. It aired on October, um, I don't know what. 16th. I was trying to count backwards, but I don't know what today's date was, so I realized that was futile. Spliff slips. Last week when we talked about Halsey, we only used she, her pronouns, which is not great because Halsey also goes by they, them pronouns. So, whoops, I'm bad. Yep, nope, that was totally something that I was aware of and completely goofed on because, again, we're really high when we record these. Very. Yeah, so this was hosted by Rami Malek with musical performances by Young Thug. And this episode aired quite a few days ago. This is the latest we've done a recording for a current live episode. We had some, I, I posted about it on Twitter that, you know, we had some major audio issues on Monday night. And um, that, yeah, this will be out tomorrow or today when you're hearing it. Yeah, so really, thank you for your patience, guys. Like, it's Gilda's mental health was, like, finally back on track this week, and the technology was the problem. So, you know, hopefully here's to next week, and I'm not even going to see this one live. Fuck. Damn. Fair enough. So here we are, third in a row. Our cold open starts off, and it's a message from the NFL. Um, But I don't know anything about the NFL, so Gilda will have to take it from here. Yeah, so um, I do know things about the NFL. I have a fantasy team. Um, I'm doing all right this year. Not great, but... I'm not last, so. Anyway, we have Cecily Strong. She is the, she's PR for the NFL. She says she prefers to remain anonymous. Colin Jost is is portraying Roger Goodell, and it's nice to see Colin Jost in a sketch. Um, some standout lines from him were, well, when you see me on TV, it's never good. Uh, at least nobody's talking about concussions. And then, um... There were a bunch of leaked emails in the NFL, and Colin Jost says, I was called the F word, the P word, the C word, the R word, the effing R word, the effing R word, P word, and once a dilf, which was kind of nice. I was so surprised to see Colin Jost in the cold open. Yeah, I the last time I think we saw him in sketches and in cold opens was when he portrayed Pete Buttigieg, so... It's like, honestly, I, I'm here for it. Like, part of me wants to know what Colin Jost would have looked like as a cast member. Like. And this is it. Yeah. Um, he said that uh, John Gruden was begging Roger Goodell on his knees for the job. And he said, you know, that didn't work because you know how much I hate seeing people kneel. At which point I was like, okay, they're pulling no punches. Uh, we had Alex Moffat as Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders. We had Pete Davidson as Larry Rucker, who immediately resigned. Andrew Dismukes portrayed an equipment manager. He was informed, you to coach now, and he's resigning immediately because of previous tweets. We had Heidi Gardner, who was the head of women's relations for the Washington football team. She then said, if women are offended by the emails, like, chill out. And I was like, mm, nope, moving on. Kyle Mooney portrayed the new Washington football team mascot, which was a stinky Italian. Okay. 
Yeah, it was all the Italian stereotypes um, in one. And I laughed pretty hard. I mean, I laughed pretty hard because, okay, fine. They're not wrong on some of them. But, like, Kyle Mooney has, like, completely changed roles this season. He's wig and character guy now. He's not weird pre-tape guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? What changed? I like this Kyle Mooney. Uh, Me too. Chris Red uh, portrayed Colin Kaepernick, and he's like, hmm, I wonder if anybody tried to warn y'all about this before. Um, Kenan Thompson appears as the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. That still feels very weird to say. LeVar Burton, he says, suck on that, my Bialik, and then starts singing the Reading Rainbow song, but it's field goal in the sky. I am the head coach guy. Just take a look in the playbook. We're playing football. And then it was a group life from New York. So Yes, love to see it. We went from that into Rami Malek's monologue and to just the fact that he's a, yeah, hot man who does mostly um, not comedy. So he had a bit of awkward energy in this, I thought. He seemed a little bit, like, nervous for the night. But he was really genuine and he had this little bit about sympathizing with villains which, yeah. He said he was Team Scar, that Simba was kind of annoying. You want to be king? You're three years old. Um, poor Hannibal, leave the guy alone, Clarice, said that Jaws was hungry, Dracula was thirsty, Vader just wanted to reconnect with his son, and he's like, hey, I got a twin brother. He'll be in a sketch tonight. You won't even know. Maybe he's here now. Nah, it's me. I'm just kidding. And at this point, he'd like settled into his shtick as like good looking villain schmoozy guy. And I laughed a lot. Um, I thought it was funny. He introduced, he's like, both my siblings are here. One of them's a teacher. The other's an ER doctor or an ER nurse. I can't remember. He's like, they've devoted their lives to helping others. Let's give them a hand. And then he's like, but I got an Oscar. And I just, at that point, I was like, okay, the vibe of this show is just going to be fun. It was fun. Um, we went into the first sketch. Was It was a lot of fun. It was a bug assembly. And this had Keenan Thompson playing, like, the principal of the school and Heidi Gardner as the teacher of this class doing a presentation on bugs. We had Andrew Dismukes as a praying mantis, Sarah Sherman as a ladybug, Rummy Malik as a stink bug and Bowen Yang as Daddy Long Legs, which was the whole reason for this sketch. It 100% was. And it's like, okay, so it was a bug assembly. It was called Burning Man for the Weird Kids, which I laughed at. Um, yeah, I don't know. I It's like we get the joke. Bowen is like definitely out and can dance and like it was basically just an excuse for him to dance around and like make kind of super sexual comments like uh they asked oh what do you eat and like the bugs go down the line saying what they eat and he's like boys 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 it's like oh no okay um that was hilarious he is so fucking funny he really is Um, i heidi gardner said at one point like and daddy or what do you think about that, Daddy? He's like, I don't want that from you. And I laughed out loud. Yeah, that was great. I wrote that down, too. Um, he, at one point, was about to do a death drop and then, like, didn't. And they called him out on it, which is kind of funny. They said, how do you catch prey? The bugs go down the line. And he's like, I slam my credit card down and say, Daddy's got it. And again, I, it was really funny. Like... I don't know, like, 
I felt like on one hand it was a lame excuse to just say daddy in a sexual manner a lot. And on the other hand, Bo and Yang was obviously the highlight of the sketch. So Very much so. The rest of the sketch was kind of just sort of there to be there. Yeah. And it was unfortunate. I really feel like they could have made this sketch like half as long and they could have added one of the cut for times that they posted on YouTube. Yeah. I don't even remember the cut for times. We'll get there though. We will. Um, so the next thing we have is a pre-tape. It was a parody of Squid Game. Um, I probably would have liked it if I probably would have liked it more if I had seen Squid Game, but I still got the general gist of it. It looked just like Squid Game. It was amazing. Fucking I mean, the did. art direction is the best part of Squid Game, so it's nice to see SNL doing it. Have you well. literally already seen Squid Game now? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It took me a few days. Um, it was really good. Bitch, you were like, oh my god, this is too scary for me. I can't watch this. And so I was like, all right, if it's too scary for her, I don't know that I need to be watching it. Now I find out that you watched the whole fucking thing and I have no idea what the fuck's going on. All right. Well, yeah, I, I needed to do it on my own because I was I was literally scared. Um, well, I mean, and it's a good thing I did because it was kind of scary. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't regret not watching it when you were here. Like, that would not have been a good vibe for the weekend. I'm just like, wait, I thought we weren't watching this. Now I'm like, God damn it, I gotta catch up. I will say, though, that I hadn't finished it when the sketch came on. And so when Pete dyed his hair red, that was a bit of a spoiler for me. Um, But not really, I guess, because it's not that big of a deal. Um, Not like the spoiler that I guessed at the end of that show i mean anyways i still have no idea what the fuck you're talking about i did think like the, i don't know the musical sketches it's p it's dan bulla steven castillo like they nail this repeatedly i'm pretty sure these people have these are the same people responsible for weird little flute and all of the other you know what i mean like at this point yeah when i see a musical sketch i'm like okay this is gonna be catchy as fuck and i'm probably gonna watch this a dozen more times in the next few weeks I love the idea of like a country singer singing about having to go to the squid game. Well, and so like the hook was catchy. It's like, guess I gotta play the squid game. Killed all my friends in the squid game. And then he, so Pete Davidson, he wins the fucking squid game. And then he says he took all his money and he bet it on the jets. At which point I screeched because that is literally the world's worst idea. And as someone who was born and raised a jets fan, I know that's a bad idea. Like, no, we don't do that shit. Damn. The Jets suck. They always have. They always will. We just accept it. We're trash. Did we mention that country singer Big Wet was in this? Uh, no, because I did not know that, and I do not know who Big Wet is. That sounds inappropriate, Steph. That information is courtesy of Wikipedia. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've never heard you talk about a country singer nor Big Wet, so... You know, I figured that wasn't just something you were like, oh, hey, that's Big Wet on the screen. No. So the next sketch we had was Prince Auditions and this. Oh, 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 doing a new thing. So the cold open was written by Colin Jost. I'm not editing this back into this is credit where credit is due and we will go from here on out. I have no patience for editing all of this back into that. I'm, I'm having issues getting the fucking intro and outro songs into our episodes. Never mind fucking editing this back forwards. How is that an issue? I need a laptop oh, is what I need. I see. 
I don't fucking know because when I drag the stuff to the right, it just like shortens everything by 20 seconds. So like the episode is not coherent. Interesting. So uh, the cold open was written by Colin Jost and Brian Tucker. The monologue was written by Mike DiCenzo, DiCenzo and Rami Malek. Bug Assembly was written by Allison Gates, Bowen Yang, and Celeste Yim. Uh, Squid Game was written by Dan Bulla, Stephen Castillo, and Pete Davidson. And the sketch that we are going to be talking about next, Prince Auditions, was written by Michael Che. And this contained Chris Redd as Jordan Peele, Ego Nwodum, Punky Johnson, and then at first we just have Kenan Thompson and Rami Malek doing different portrayals of Prince. And Kenan Thompson is in a Prince costume but looks nothing like Prince, and Rami Malek is not in a Prince outfit but looks a lot like Prince. But it's basically... No, I thought he was, of... he was in a Prince outfit, right? Or he was, it was just well, in an it was outfit. Bl- okay, so he was in an outfit, but it's not like the Purple Rain, like the quote-unquote, like, outfit. So there was a Prince off. Rami Malek was dressed as Prince, but, like, not in the Purple Rain, purple jacket that everyone thinks of him in. Um, but then they proceed to have a Prince off to finish uh, casting this role. And it's basically the guitar lick from the song Kiss. It's like... Is... Uh, what Prince does in the song. And so basically they, the different, um, the different examples they use are hitting the leg with a football, uh, all of the different reactions, but to the same guitar, like an, uh, um, Ego Nuotum and Punky Johnson are like, okay, so uh, you, Keenan, are in costume but look nothing like Prince. And he's like, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> Rami Malek. It was really funny when it like, ended up being just actually Keenan Thompson and Rami Malek. I was like, no way. Right? The thought of Keenan Thompson auditioning for this. He's like, oh, but like Rami Malek, like he's not black. And it's like, well, doesn't he, tra- doesn't Prince transcend race? And uh, it was not in this movie, starts as a biopic, and it, uh, one of them fills in, turns out to be a horror movie about racism, at which point, again, I laughed because I, I don't care if that's all Jordan Peele does, he's good at it. Um, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't turn into like the M. Night Shyamalan of our generation, but I think we're safe. I think he's probably a step up, up from that. I mean, you know. Um, and then... Daniel Craig comes in. It's a cameo. He's dressed as an actual prince, but he was doing like a prince impression. He was doing the same thing that Rami Malek and Keenan Thompson were doing. And okay, I have gone on the record before about being very not pro Daniel Craig when it comes to him being an SNL host. I don't think he's very good at it because he tries to be goofy and over the top. Daniel Craig during this episode was like snarky asshole Daniel Craig. And I want to see that Daniel Craig host SNL. Like last night, the, or last night, Jesus, I didn't even watch this last night. That's just habit. Um, it's like the sketches he was in in the show. It was like, fuck, do that the next time they have you back. Yeah, Mr. Double O Ugly had me cracking the fuck up. Fuck, I, yeah, I have I have that down. Yeah, get off me, double O ugly. And it ended up being that Daniel Craig gets the part because he is James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that didn't love it, but it was funny. 
Um, we then went into Celeb School Game Show, which was written by Mikey Day, Tesha Kondrat, and Streeter Seidel. Yes. Um, we had Keenan Thompson as the host, Bert Simpson. Um, Keenan <laughs> was like all over this episode. Him and Boney Yang, I felt like. Um, mm-hmm. There was John Oliver. Um, Mikey, Mikey Day. Day and Jennifer Coolidge, Chloe Feynman, Adam Driver, James Austin Johnson, uh, Kristen Wiig, Kristen Wiig, Sarah Sherman, George Takai, Bowen Yang. No, that was Melissa Villasenor. That was definitely Melissa Villasenor. Really? I'm pretty sure. Uh oh, hang on. I almost. I have to do it on my phone. Hang on. And here, I'll finish um, off this little list. We have Lil Wayne, Chris Red. Um. Pete Davidson as Rami Malek and Rami Malek as Pete Davidson. I loved their little switcheroo. Rami did a great job speaking just like Pete. Yeah, really? Like, that was an incredible switcheroo. And um, I understand, like, you know, this was, it may have been Sarah Sherman. I could have sworn I saw something on Twitter that was like, finally, we get Kristen Wiig's Melissa Villasenor impression. Maybe they were just under the same impression that I was. Hot impression. Um they were the same thing that I was, that it was Melissa, and it wasn't, because Melissa Villasenor does a banging Kristen Wiig impression. Maybe Sarah Sherman does so, too. I thought it was Melissa. Who the fuck knows? Regardless, Rami Malek, Pete Davidson, that had to have been the reason for this sketch was, like, them just fucking around behind the scenes, because this was just kind of like, okay, it's a chance for celebrity impressions mishmash. We get a few of these a year. It just gives people a chance to show off who they can do. Chris Red asking where the Plinko at as Lil Wayne made me laugh. Um, and then, oh God, we went into Mattress Store, which was written by A.D. Bryant, Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Celeste Yeo. Mattress Store? Wait. Maybe not. Nope. Okay, okay. Oh, we talked about this on Monday night and not tonight. So I watched this like throughout right. the day. On Monday, when I could grab a spare minute or two, um, I may or may not have been working. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, And so I watched these on YouTube. So Steph is in control of the sketch order tonight. I have sketches, then weekend update, then cut for times. So it's all you, baby. All right, so we had Young Thug's first musical performance, TikTok, with Travis Barker on the drums. Um, I don't really listen to Young Thug, but I did look up um, this song, and Tom Brehan of Stereogram said it just as I was thinking, quote, nothing much notable about the song other than a hook that feels like a ploy to go viral on a certain social media platform. I mean... Okay. As someone who's just gotten into a certain social media platform, I... It's a great platform. Weekend Update was next. Okay. Well, I mean, okay, thank you. Because generally after the first musical performance is Weekend Update. I could have guessed that one. Anyway, Weekend Update. Yeah, there was a fucking lot to this. Uh, Fuck Joe Manchin. Uh, Colin Jost made a comment about, yeah, no, like, global warming, it's clearly not an issue, I say, as today was a beautiful 80-degree October day. 80 degrees in New York City, no fucking thank you, not in October. That's, like, May. 
Yeah, that is actually disgusting. Uh-huh. And now it's freezing, so whatever. I, yeah, so yeah, it's fucking cold here. I'm like, wow, I went from wearing a tank top to a thermal in like 12 hours. Literally, yeah, overnight. Horrible. I hate <sighs> it here. Um, there was a email they showed that Chase sent to Colin. That was pretty funny, and they referred to it a little bit later. He was just like, I wish they got you instead of Harambe. Yeah. What was, it was, oh, fuck, email from Che. The subject was, listen up, honky. I don't know that this was an actual email, but I fucking laughed regardless because I could picture it happening, so that makes it funny. Um, it was hilarious. <laughs> Colin Jost talked about all of the ships that are trapped and not able to make it to port and how all of our shit is on them right now and he's like okay but for the asia to us routes could i suggest bats and the entire audience was like "Ooh!" and then he was like the last time bats carried something it got everywhere real quick and i was like okay okay he's right about that uh-huh. um so then they start talking about timothy chalamet twink willy wonka and this prompted uh proud gay Oompa Loompa Bowen Yang to be a guest and he comes on and is actually not a proud gay Oompa Loompa he's actually just been outed and is now a little bit freaked out because this is airing live and his family doesn't know and he was only here to talk about the impending strike and he rants a little bit about Willy Wonka um I have, yeah, bitch, what about it written down, but I don't, oh, because Willy Wonka will have ideas, then he'll say, yeah, bitch, what about it? It was hilarious. I love this. I used to watch Willy Wonka all the time as a kid. Um, and we're practicing a song and dance for when a child dies. It was great. Something about Willy Wonka sleeping well while they're up all night rehearsing the song and dance for when a child dies. He said, sorry, boys, I tried. Or some, something of this sort. Yeah, story. and... Yeah. He also, at the end, I think he gave a little shout out to, please um, forgive me if this is not how you pronounce it, the I, oh, fuck, ISD uh, Union. I really don't know I-A. how that's pronounced. Okay. He did give a shout out to that because if they had struck, if there was a strike, SNL would have gone off. Yeah, so there was, well, yeah, they were supposed to strike um, on Monday, but it was averted, but it was averted by sessions them coming to this agreement that did not it wasn't what they were asking for like it's better than nothing but no it didn't meet all the demands no because they had asked for like a 12 they just made everyone go back to work yeah they made everyone go back to work they said oh like what a 10 hour turnaround which means you have to be away from work at least 10 hours before they schedule you again well jesus christ that's eight hours to sleep and two to do your shit not great yeah, and you got to drive home. It's like it's just horrible. Yeah, no, um, that would yeah the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, we then had a comment about it was a joke about how uh, Fox News is complaining that Buttigieg getting parental leave and paternity leave and um, something about oh. Because there's such a problem with the shipping lines right now, uh, Pete Buttigieg is on paternity leave. So just like conservatives said, if you like gay couples have kids, God cancels Christmas. And it's not funny, but it was really funny because like the two Pete Buttigieg taking paternity leave has nothing to do with the fucking boats in the ocean right now. Like anyway, 
Um, no, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah. I also appreciated as a football fan that they called the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, a scarecrow on a Roomba. I, that line hit with me. It was funny and it was accurate. They had Chris Redd come on to comment on important, unimportant things. And he gets on, he starts talking about, oh, you know, nobody knows anybody who operates a blimp. And Michael Chase stops him and is like, um, hey, I think you're supposed to talk about what you said last time you were on update. And he's like, nah, no, I wasn't. Um, and then they play the clip and it's him saying black people can't get coronavirus. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. So really, I have shown that February 29th leap year episode with John Mulaney to a number of people. And they always make two comments. Wow, that was a really good episode. And the second comment is, that episode did not age well. No. Like, it's both, like, an incredible example of late night sketch comedy writing, and also, like, oh my fucking god, we, we were two weeks away from everyone's lives changing forever. We had Linus Minus, the hypnotist who was played by Mikey Day and he had Keenan Thompson as his volunteer. Yeah, and he was hypnotizing. Keenan Thompson was too relaxed. He wakes up. He's like, "Why my pants wet? You made me piss myself." And so he makes him go to sleep again. There was something about his Zendaya sex fantasy. I mean, who hasn't? Um Yeah. Something about no, we killed Zendaya. Che strippers in dressing room and sleep. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So Keenan was supposed to be a security guard for SNL. He was wearing like the outfit. Yes. And when he was awoken from his hypnotism, he turned to Chai and was like, oh, make those strippers in your dressing room put on masks, which was hilarious because, yeah. And I think that was it and then- for Weekend Update, right? Yeah, then we had the mattress store. Okay, all right. Then we have mattress store. Sorry. Again, I watched these and I was like, well, I don't know what order they were in, so I just had to group them weird. I am typing my notes from here on out, though. So, you know. It looks really nice. Thank you. I'm not there. Anyway, mattress store. 80, Bryant, Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Celeste Yim. Those were the writers. Uh, it was Rami Malek and A.D. Bryant as a husband and wife, with Bowen Yang as a mattress salesman. This was a really absurd little sketch. Um, Rami Malek and A.D. Bryant were trying out their... Uh, oh, you also wrote down absurd. Look at that word. Look what we're oh, what doing there. Ridiculously absurd. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about yes. right. Yes, okay, you said that. And I was like, no, I gotta pause this shit for that because I wrote the same word three days ago. Yeah, that's... So they try out this mattress and they get in and they have this whole fight and then they're like, oh, this is a nice bed, you know? Um, and A.D. Bryant has this line, we spend three-thirds of our lives in bed. I loved that. Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, when I'm not at work... When I come home, I'm in bed with, like, coloring books and my Switch and 
like watching something. Basically, like, I spend a lot of time in bed. If I'm not there, I'm on my patio in my hangy bed. So, yeah, I need my Papa's on chair back. I'm getting it back soon. Very excited. Where were we? <laughs> I didn't know where the fuck I was in talking about the sketch, Sorry. but it was just ridiculous. I, yeah. um, no, oh my god, that's totally okay. Um, yeah, I have too much to say about this. Uh, I just, it was pretty funny though when, when AD was like telling the title of the porn and Bo and Yang was like, don't tell her. Um, Bo and Yang had a good night. Yeah, he was like. Like him and Keenan Thompson really had a great and night. And Bo and Yang was the straight man in this sketch and that's not a role he normally inhabits. And I was weirdly well, okay I, I told with that he was it. straight. I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> was he. <gasps> no, 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 like, straight man, like, is in sexual orientation. Like, the straight man in terms of the comedy is happening elsewhere, and you are playing serious. <laughs> I don't... I understand. I, don't... I thought we were talking about him having sex with women. No, no, that was definitely not... No, I was saying, like, the straight man in terms of, like, I've met... <laughs> in any other sketch, that wouldn't be... But yeah, no. Um, He's Daddy Longlegs, exactly. Exactly, but in this sketch, I'm not talking about sexual orientation. I'm talking about like him being the. He doesn't react to the jokes. He plays the serious man, the straight man. Like, in straight man is like serious. You're playing the straight face. You're not letting the right. jokes affect yeah. you. You're bouncing it back to them. Um, during this sketch. I really thought um, some of the, <laughs> there's like, they had sketches set up and like these role-playing things about like these fights they'd had in this mattress. And well, I need to be able to sleep when he gets home. Edie Bryant being like, no, I'm tired or I have a headache. And then Rami Malek turns over and like mimes jerking it under a blanket. And I was like, what the fuck, SNL? Wow, we're really pushing the boundaries tonight. Could not believe my eyes. Um... Right? And also, I wanted to say from earlier, the monologue. I've seen Rami Malek in like maybe one and a half things before. His voice is fucking sexy. I don't think I've ever seen him in a single thing ever. So Wow. Yeah. I've seen some Mr. Robot, but I'm not a James Bond person. No, definitely not. I'm not. Um after the mattress sketch we had Young Thug's second performance, Love You More. And this had Travis Barker, Nate Roos, Gunna, and Jeff Basker in the performance. So I am old. And I remember before fun became a thing, like some nights fun that everyone knows of, they had an album and they came. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> they did. <Thank> so <laughs> that'll be bleeped. They came to a venue near where we originate from. And I snuck out to go see them at that show. No way. Yeah. So I saw Fun before they were like Some Nights Fun. It was their first album, which, fuck, hang on. I, need, I am so high and tiny bit drunk. Had a day today, and uh, I have a three-day weekend coming up, so I'm 
party. It's the best. Aim and Ignite was their first album. One year and 11 months. The last live show I saw was Lana Del Rey. Goddamn. Wow. I saw her in 2018. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, I saw her on the Norman fucking Rockwell tour. And Ooh. that was fucking great. There were women on poles on her piano and making out. She was on a swing over the audience. It was great. That is great. Um, so to talk about Young Thug, really the music wasn't my thing, but the costumes, particularly Young Thug's pink outfit, was definitely my thing. Really cool costumes in this. To be perfectly honest, um, I watched the first 30 seconds of his pers- eh, first performance, and I did not watch the second, because I watched on YouTube, and I'm like, this is not my thing, I have nothing good to say about this, and I was taught, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. So. <laughs> um, we went into a sketch with Angelo. Oh, this had um, Daniel Craig and Cecily Strong on a date. Yep. It was written by Aristotle Atari, Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Brian Tucker. Okay. Aristotle Atari was in this as Angelo, and Rami Malik was also in this as, like, a dancer. Um, it was... This was... Another absurd one. Okay, so <clears throat> did we or did we not just watch something like this in season two of SNL where they were at a show and they paid a lot of money and the guy was like, I paid a lot of money for this ticket for you. And it was like Sugar Daddy style. I want to say it was Elliot Gould's episode, but it might, I think it was Elliot Gould. It was, I don't know who was in the sketch. But it was basically like paying a lot to get to somewhere. I don't know. No, that sounds right. I had a weird sense of deja vu as I was watching this. So probably um, similar to a sketch yeah. from season two. It um, was, yeah. It was Go its own on. thing, though. I don't know. It, I didn't really particularly love this. I thought uh, it was just too repetitive. And uh-huh. in the first place, just not like something that I would personally find funny. Nope. And was that the last sketch of the night? That was, because okay. after that I wrote nothing, and I was so confused. I was like, how come I didn't write anything on the rest of this page, but then I wrote so much <laughs> on the other page, what's going on? And this is all the cover times. Time to look at those. Right. So, okay, so, okay, that was the end of the episode. That was, that being the 10 to 1 makes sense. Um, so, cut for times. We have the pre-tape by Please Don't Destroy, written by the members of Please Don't Destroy, Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. Uh, this was cut for time. I do not fucking know why. I think this should have made air. I don't even think this was all that funny. Really? I fucking loved this. I mean, it was, like, I googled a little bit, but I wasn't, like crazy about this concept okay so it was written by martin harley john higgins ben marshall Ronnie malik was like um i've been here a few days it feels like i deserve a treat cookie or toy uh if there's no reward why should i behave and 
And Martin, John, and Ben were like, what? And he's like, guess I'll be on bad behavior. And then Rami Malek started pushing things off of desks like a cat. And as someone who has two kittens who push shit off of surfaces for fucking funsies, I related to that. And Martin said he was on a one-way trip to hell. Uh, someone shouted, why are you acting like this? And Rami Malek was like, because I'm scared. After this week at SNL, I have to go back out into the real world. And yeah, I, at some point, someone shouted, I knew I should have shot him. And I laughed really hard at that. I do not remember hearing that. Um... But okay. Uh, another cover time that we had was the brutal marriage movie ad. This was Rami Malek and Heidi Gardner as the lead couple, and um, Ego Wodum was the therapist. Yep. Um, it was written by Heidi Gardner, Allison Gates, Fran Gillespie, and Seti Green. I feel like this was mocking a marriage story with Adam Driver and was it Scarlett Johansson? For sure. Johansson? Yeah, it was crazily okay. enough Scarlett Johansson in that movie. Um, All right. I Honestly, I've never seen it simply because I've had too much relationship drama in my own life that I don't need to fucking subject myself to that shit. Yeah, no, same. I'm good. Um, <laughs> I really related to the quote in this that was went to the movies saw a damn play that is how i would feel uh-huh and they're like this is it's two actors who really want oscars and i'm pretty sure all of them were nominated for marriage story so that's funny so it's like they're openly mocking not mocking parodying scarlett johansson knowing their boss is married to her um <laughs> the quote, never forget the therapist will be black, made me laugh. And she was interviewing them and she's like, well, no, we know we can't get back together. We just want to fight a little more until we fall in love again or something. That I cackled. It was ridiculous. I loved it. Um, yeah. I wish this was actually the, in the episode. Not cut for time. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. Um, I was fine with this being cut for time in that I got to see it and I'm like, all right, that was funny, but I'm fine with it not being in the show. Um, I thought both Heidi Gardner and was it Rami Malek? Uh, yeah. yeah, they were both like, it was like they were having, it was like, and here's a sex scene with just the angles focused on the faces and then they both start sobbing and it was like, oh, and they're crying at the end of sex with the tagline, just get a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was great. We had a, another cut for time. This was the Airbnb <laughs> super hosts. Uh, Cecily Strong and Rami Malek were the hosts. Mikey Day and Melissa Villasenor were the guests. Um, the only thing I really noted in this was that the camera was so shaky for some reason. But, yeah, it was just... Um, Cecily and Rami being a little bit weird and a little bit too hands-on with their hosting job. 
Yeah, <laughs> saying if you need any recs for outside or in here, we're trying to become super hosts. We want to get that little badge on Airbnb. Robbie, Malik, and Cecily Strong are like, oh, we looked at your Insta, we got you pizza, it has pepperoni, just like the pizza on your Insta, and then it's a little weird. And it's uh, something about them launching their virginity at one another, and that, like, he's like, oh, we know what you're thinking, get these serial killers out of here, and I was like, oh shit, here's where the sketch turns. And yeah. it did. It did, but I still was just kind of like, mm, I can see why it got cut, you know? I, I can see why it got cut if it had been edited a bit better. I think it would have made the show. Like, there, it was a bit too long, there was a bit too much bloat, but when uh, Mikey Day was like, wait, your name's Josh? Weren't you Toby with an I? And it was like, okay, these people are definitely murderers. And then they're like, oh, here, don't forget to sign the guest book. They open the guest book, and the guest book says run. So Yeah. And yeah, that was that for Cut for Times. I will say, they posted three Cut for Times on YouTube. I don't know. I cannot remember the last time that many of them got posted. So Yeah, that was a lot. I kind of wondered if the um, Please Don't Destroy video was ever intended for the episode to begin with, you know? I mean, I honestly, I have no idea. Um, I do know that uh, once you post something on YouTube, like, a lot of times, cut for times, will get recycled for other hosts, like David S. Pumpkins. So, like, the minute they post it on YouTube, they can't use it again. So I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. I guess we're depleting our stash. Fine. Anyway, what was your note of the night? Guess they are. So this is actually pretty difficult because, I don't know, I felt like they were all just sort of on the same level for me. So let me look at my notes. Okay. I think the Angelo sketch was my note of the night. Just not my thing. But it did make me laugh. Yeah. I mean, it made me laugh, but for two jokes, not for the concept. And I was just like, okay, I appreciate Snarky, Daniel Craig. I do not appreciate the sketch. Hardcore nope of the night. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, runner up? That's, see, here I am trying to figure out what's my runner up and what's my top one. I think I'm going to say that my runner-up was... Weekend Update, because you know what? I liked the guest. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out my runner-up right now. Because I was like, wait, there are notes on the back of this page. They were jokes from Weekend Update I had written down, and I'm just like, nah, we're not going back. I don't know why they're in different pen mark. My runner-up would probably be because I know what my I know what my best was me too and I'm trying to I'm trying to decide between two um shit to be perfectly honest I'm gonna say weekend update because I'm tied between weekend update and the 
Yeah, my runner-up was definitely... That could also be yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it can also be mine. I'm just like... Um, I feel that. Yeah, because I had a different thought, but then my brain was just like, nah. Um, my runner-up, I'm tied between Prince Auditions and Weekend Update. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, Prince Auditions was like my like third runner-up or whatever. I don't know how to rank these. Um, I mean, I named one of my first sons after Prince, and so seeing a number of Prince auditions was absolutely hilarious, plus Daniel Craig. So I'm tied between those two. What was your best? My best was easy. That was the Squid Game pre-tape. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love the idea of singing a country song about having to go into the squid game. (laughs) See, yeah, the country part and him being like, gotta go back to the squid game. It's like, oh no, oh no, don't bet your money on the jets. You could have been fine. (sighs) My best was Rami Malek's monologue. Wow. Bold. I really liked it i thought it let his personality show he was nervous he was funny he had his family members in the audience he was teasing himself i was good with it yeah it was pretty good um but yeah i guess uh that's this episode that's it yeah we will be back next week with our recap of jason sudeikis and brandy carlisle season 47 episode four Yes, and that's October 23rd. Yeah! Um, So you can find us on all of the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. If we are not on your favorite podcast platform, you can find us at satnighthighpod at gmail.com. We also have a website, satnighthighpod.com as well. Rotten Social Media... Uh, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and Twitter at Sat Night High Pod. Night spelled N I T E on Twitter. And yeah, I'm Gilda. I'm Steph. Happy, Happy Highs. highs.